This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Air Force revealed on Tuesday that it had built and successfully flew a demonstration version of a new sixth-generation fighter jet. Officials aren't saying much about the secretive program, other than the fact that it's broken several records. But they've got plenty to say about how the plane was designed. As Federal News Network's Jared Serbu reports, brass think it'll change the Air Force acquisition process forever. The Air Force has previously disclosed that it's working on a system called Next Generation Air Dominance, or NGAD. The fact that it's been flown, let alone been built, was significant news this week. But when Dr. Will Roper, the Assistant Secretary of the Air Force for Acquisition, mentioned the successful flight demonstration, it was almost in passing. More interesting to him is the design process that led up to the production of the first airplane. It is the first major system to be produced via digital engineering. This is, I mean, I can't tell you how big of a paradigm shift it's going to be. It's going to change everything. There's no, there's really no going back once you do this. But it's really exciting because we've needed something like this in acquisition for decades. It's not the Air Force's first foray into building digital threads for its real-world systems. The service has taken a similar approach with its T-7 trainer aircraft and the ground-based strategic deterrent system. But Roper says NGAT is the most radical so far. The approach involves building an e-system, a digital replica of the real-world system the military plans to produce, and testing, prototyping, and adapting it in a virtual world before the first physical version is ever built. Roper says the result is that the first real version that rolls off the assembly line is as good as the 100th would have been under a more traditional acquisition and design approach. And he says the e-system approach will become the Air Force's standard way of doing business from now on. Why would I ever want to create a new program where we didn't go build an e-system? It's truly magical. It's letting us do things I would have never thought of doing in the past, like killing learning curve in assembly. Learning curve was just accepted as like a law of the universe. People have to get better at doing things in the real world. And the only way to get better at doing them is by doing them, has been our logic. Well, now you can get better by e-doing them. You can digitally learn. And I've watched it now. It's not hypothetical. I've watched it happen. It allows completely new possibilities because if you can lean and de-risk assembly to that level, then you can also do things like modernize with that level of magic, which could help us on systems that need to have different mission systems added in future. I think it can help us not be in tough predicaments about which mission systems go into which aircraft lots or weapon lots or satellites in future. You can let mission systems evolve as technology evolves and then cut them into platforms as they're ready without disproportionate risk. It's rewriting all of acquisition. And Roper sees the digital design model as a very promising cure to a deep underlying problem in the acquisition system that he's repeatedly complained about during his time as assistant secretary. Today, new aircraft programs only come along every decade or two, and they're enormous. Programs like the F-35 require huge amounts of upfront investment by competing bidders, partly because they're expected to serve the military for decades and because they're so high stakes. Roper says that's the biggest reason 70% of the Air Force's acquisition budget is tied up in sustaining old weapon systems instead of buying new ones. Well, once they put their own money on the table, they, they have to get it back. They've lost money in the upfront design and production, so they have to get it back in sustainment, the long-term upkeep of programs. So we get sustainment-dominated business cases, which, of course, force industry to lock into sustainment so that they can recoup their own investment. And we end up doing modernization, sole source with those vendors, tail-chasing threats, and the cycle continues. 
we will not compete against nations like China and Russia if we are trapped in this vicious circle. But Roper says moving a good deal of the traditional design and prototyping work to the digital world, eliminating the cost of actually building an airplane and its associated systems before they're ready, would let the Air Force conduct more frequent competitions, since the military and the defense industry will be able to continuously design and improve systems without the time and money involved in building physical ones. Something like a DevOps process, but for military hardware. Digital engineering seems to excel everything. The, the big thing I'm seeing across programs that are doing it right is that integration risk is an order of magnitude less. That allows us to run more in parallel and be able to have acceptable risk while doing it. That allows engineering to happen longer with no penalty because more can collapse in parallel than in series. So engineers get to be engineers longer with these digital tools. Technologies get to be explored longer using these digital tools. Roper argues the e-system approach also has major implications for the military's ambitions in the areas of artificial intelligence, machine learning, and autonomous systems. Those technologies really can't work without vast amounts of data about the real-world platforms they're supposed to be interacting with and aiding in decisions about. But if a weapons platform has already been designed, tested, and integrated with all of its enabling technologies in a digital world, most of that data is already ready to go before the first copy ever emerges from a factory. AI gets to learn from the digital simulator itself. That's why this is such a powerful model. And unlike those physical world trainers, which produce learning at real world speeds, these digitally engineered e-systems can produce learning at machine speeds. And so as we bring AI into the force, these digital environments are going to have even more value because if we're training AI at real world speeds, we will lose. We have to train much, much faster than real time. So this even transcends where we are today, building things better. It's going to ultimately be a foundational layer that enables us to finally start bringing AI as a competitive domain into the military. Jared Serbu, Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Check out Jared's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.